This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, I'm looking forward to bringing you to this word tonight. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Luke. I want to bring you a message tonight. Uh, the five tests. The five tests. How many of you like a test? How many of you? So thank God for this test I'm going through. Amen. For the five tests. It's going to be a little bit more pastoral teaching. I feel like I've been in that mode for the last couple of uh, days at least or times together. I, I want you to know, I really believe that if you will apply what I preach to you Sunday morning, it will change your life. And I know at each service it was different, but I believe that the kingdom of heaven is not about what you can uh, receive, but it is about what you give and how you honor God by taking the attention off of yourself, putting it on Him and upon others. Can I get an amen for that? And the best way, let me just sum up Sunday morning, the best way for you to grow spiritually is to engage in the ministry that God has called you to engage in. And so I want to deal with you as the believers, as the core believers, about knowing what God's will is for your life. Luke chapter 22, verse number 42. Father, before I read this scripture, I pray that you will speak to us. Lord, that you will clearly speak to us in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask you to open your word of truth into our lives that someone here, including me, God, that we might all receive and be changed. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Man, Luke chapter 22, verse number 42 reads like this. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, listen to these words, I want your will to be done and not mine. How many of you like that prayer? Lord, I want your will and not mine. Can I tell you how... Most of us pray it like this. Nevertheless, Lord, my will, not thy will, be done. Have you ever prayed it like that by accident? I mean, you're trying to pray it. You're, Lord, not your will, but my will be done. And some of you are saying, Pastor, I would never pray it like that. Like that. But the problem is many of us have lived it like that. Many of us have experienced that and we've lived that that we want our will we're like god if you would just line up with the program god everything would work out can i just tell you i don't even need you to give me an amen at that moment because i know all things are common unto all people and we really would they're like god there's a plan here god if you'd get with the plan and it's really a growth process in our lives to learn to say whoa 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 not what i want but what you want oh god you see this verse has a an impact on our faith 
We truly want to be part of God's will for our lives. How many of you really want God's will for your life? Can I get an amen? amen? And I don't know how many times I have watched people go down roads that are clearly not God's will for their lives. I mean, I've watched it. Why would anybody go down a road that's clearly not God's will for their lives? Why? Can I tell you that we could suspect maybe their heart is wrong, but most of the time, here's what I've seen, they actually believe it is God's will for their lives. They're going down a road that it is so obvious it's not God's plan, but yet they have convinced themselves it is God's plan. Now let me clarify for you. I am not the judge of what is or what is not God's will. But Scripture is. And if what you are doing in your life moves you out of line with Scripture, moves you out of line with Scripture, and from under the care and guidance of those who, listen to me carefully, have a vested interest in your life, then more than likely, it is not God's will for your life. If it violates Scripture, I can tell you, certainly it is not God's will for your life. No matter how much we want to pray, nevertheless, Father, my will, not thy will be done, we have to find out in that moment to say, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I really want what you want for my life. I really want that, God. I, I want you to, to, to speak into my life. But most of us, we're really not wanting God's will. What we want is an exemption. I've told you this story before. Some of you will be the first time, and I'll tell it quickly. I'll never forget. I was a little boy. I wanted to do something that my family didn't believe was of God. Our church taught against it. I'll never forget this day. I can still see that house that we were in there. And, and I came into my parents, and I said to my parents, I said, I said, I want to go do this. And they said, you know, we don't believe in that. And I said, I know that. And they said, well, what do you think God says about it? I said, I don't know. My parents very wisely said to me, why don't you go pray about it? Come on now. Go pray about it. A little while later, I don't remember if I really prayed much or not, but I came down and I, I remember standing there in front of my parents and my parents said to me, they said, Don, did God speak to you? And I said, yes, he did. And they said, well, what did God tell you? And I said these words. I said, God said it'd be all right if I did it just this one time. <laughs> Can I tell you, it's not all right just that one time. It's not all right just because you feel like it's supposed to be all right. Just because it feels right doesn't make it all right. If it violates the Word of God, it's not all right. Pastor Don, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live under some set rules. Can I tell you, the Bible says that the promises of God and the commands of God are commands with promises. So it doesn't mean just don't. It means if you don't, then you won't have to go through this. If you don't, then you open yourself up for the blessings of God. Can I get an amen? I mean, there are so many times in our lives we want to go a certain way and we're not sure. I'll, I'll never forget a moment in my life. I was I, I, The Lord gave me a supernatural uh, conversation with somebody. God told me something that there was no way humanly possible that I could know. 
And I went to this person and I said to them, I said, uh, God told me to come tell you that I've got two things to tell you. God told me to come tell you about this situation. And I, I named a date and I named a time. And they literally almost turned pale and stepped back and said, Pastor, there's no way on the planet you can know that. There's no way on the planet you can know that. It has to be God that told you that. And I said, well, because you know that God has spoken to me about that, now I want to tell you that the thing you're about to do is not God's will for your life. And they literally went from, oh my gosh, you hear from God, to that's not God. That fast. Why? Because it was the opposite of what they wanted. They didn't want good guidance. They wanted what they wanted, and they were really praying, nevertheless, not your will, but my will be done. And so... It wasn't that they were a bad person, and we love that person, and we've helped them with that decision. It's not that we, 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 we condemn them for that. I just did what God told me to do. But it's so important that we, want, that we avoid that type of situation where we get our will over what really is God's will. So what I want to do tonight is I want to give you five tests, five tests that are going to help you determine if something's God's will for your life or not. Okay? Five tests. Test number one is deeply spiritual. I call it the goosebump test. Come on, amen. The goosebump test. And what I mean by that is this, that when you are involved in trying to find the will of God for your life, and you come to a circumstance that we can't explain it, but the Holy Spirit is clearly so evident, I mean, He is so evident that, 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 that we, are, we, we are going to follow him and we're going to go further because the more we go down that path, it's just like God just keeps opening the doors and God just keeps making himself so uh, uh, obvious in that moment. And it also tells me this. I want you to get this in this goosebump test. It tells me that we should understand that when it's God's will, the will of God should make your heart skip a beat. I want you to get that. The will of God should make you get just a little bit, woo, get kind of excited. I don't understand how this is happening, but, but man, I know God's doing something amazing. Can I get an amen for that? You see, God's plan for your life, listen to me carefully, should excite you. Now, let's be honest about this. We all have to do housework. Can I get an amen? Well, that's an awfully weak. Everybody's got to take out the trash. Come on now. Everybody needs to do the laundry. Y'all are shutting down on me. Everybody has to do the work to walk in the will. All right? You have to do the work to walk in the will. But even though you have to do the work to walk into the, in the will, there's got to be those moments that we understand that God is supernaturally revealing to us a joy even in the work. And I call that that goosebump test, that you have an excitement about doing things that normally you wouldn't be excited about. Because when you're on God's path for your life, you will have wow moments. Come on now. You're gonna, when God's in control and God, you're doing what God wants you to do, you need to start watching for wow moments. Because it's going to be obvious that God lined it up, that God did it. 
But God worked it out. I, I, I was with somebody just the other day, and they said, Pastor, God, God has, has put on my heart to, to, to believe for the moon. And I watched as an impossible, an impossible thing was accomplished, and they started crying. They said, I believe what God told me to believe. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And they had one of those wow moments right there where you're like, wow, God, I can't believe what you've done. And if you're in God's will, come on, uh, you're going, Pastor Don, why don't you preach to us about our sin? We, we, we like that more. No, 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 no. I, want to, I want, to, want to teach you how to learn God's will for your life. And then you're going to grow spiritually. Here's the second test. Are you ready for this? The peace test. The peace test. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And here's what I've learned. If I can't get any peace about what I'm doing, it's probably not of God. If there seems like something's wrong, I've not quite, it doesn't mean my heart's intention is wrong, but I've not quite figured out exactly what God wants us to do. There should be a peace in relation to the will of God. Now listen to me carefully. The peace that comes does not mean that you won't fear. Because serving God is going to have some moments that you're going to be afraid. But it means you will have a confidence that what you are doing is the right thing to do. That, that you're going to have a confidence. I'll, I'll, I'll pick on Vince. He's here tonight. I'll never forget. I was on a boat with him in the middle of the Amazon River. We had been to some village somewhere. I'm sure he knows the name of it. I, I, I don't know the name of it. And, and I don't ever want to go there in the middle of the night again. And as we were riding up that river, I'll never forget. We hit a, a submerged tree with the boat. I thought to myself, well, I mean, there's nothing much we can do about that. And everybody on the boat just starts getting a little bit nervous for just a moment. And, and then his mother leans over and says, Pastor, you probably should start praying. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? She said, well, we don't know if it's damaged the hull of the boat. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I am on assignment from the Most High God, and I am not going down in the Amazon River. Come on, Amen. There was a peace that came upon my life at that moment. Fear tried to come in, but a peace came into my heart. A peace. I'll never forget another time in our ministry here. Uh, it was just after the, the crash of 2008, and, and, and we had opened a, a Spanish ministry building, and that Spanish ministry building had served its course, and we turned it into something else, and, 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 and things were so tight in our, our nation, and we were trying to decide ways to, 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 to cut uh, expenditures and things, and I, I began to have to pray about whether or not we were supposed to keep that building and use it for what we were using it for right over here in Warhill road and, I, and the more I prayed about it I, I just couldn't get a piece to let it go I just couldn't get a piece about what to do with it I, I didn't know what our next step was supposed to be and, and we actually I was trying to figure out what the next step was supposed to be and I'll never forget Pastor Gwen and I were talking about it and and and, and she's like Pastor you know we, we really don't need that one we've got this other little one we don't really need that one and, and I said well let me let me just go over there and so I, I drove over I'll never forget I drove over there and when I drove over there 
I started praying. I was like, God, I need you to show me what to do. And God didn't show me anything. And I left, pulled out of there. And I'm driving back, and I'm like, Lord, I'm not hearing from you. And I came past a little building right up here on the left from here. And as I passed by that old fire station, God spoke to me finally. And he said, rent that one too. I said, hold on a minute, God. The prayer was, should I get rid of one? And he said, I said, rent that one too. My next prayer was, God convinced Pastor Gwen not to take my life. Come on, amen. I said, I called the person up. I rented it before. I knew what was going on. But I rented it before, and I didn't know what we were going to do. Somebody said, Pastor, why are you renting that building? I said, all I know is God has given me a confidence we're supposed to rent that building. About three or four days later, somebody came up to me and said, Pastor, God's given me a vision for a discount grocery store that can affect this community. And that was all those years ago. And because we obeyed God, there was a peace and a confidence that now has blessed many. I'm trying to tell you that when you're going down a path and you can't find the peace of God in the situation, you might not be in the middle of God's will. Can I get an amen? You see, what's going to happen is you're going to have an unexplained confidence when you get the peace of God. Test number three, you're going to have, listen, this is important, you're going to have the wise counsel test. The wise counsel test. Listen to me carefully. God's will is never found alone. Do I need to preach with a louder mic? I don't know. God's will is never found alone. I want you to get that. If everybody who has a vested interest in your life is screaming something, every spiritual person in your life, everybody's screaming something opposite, you need to hear me. God's will is never found alone. And this is what I want to give you from the Scripture. Nehemiah heard about a need in the Bible. And Nehemiah, after he heard about the need, listen to me carefully, the first thing he did was, he didn't go tell everybody, do you think that it's God's will I go? The first thing he did was, he said, hey, God, I want to know what your will is. The first thing he did was, he sought the counsel of God. The second thing he did was he went to the king. He felt like God wanted him to do it, and then he went to the, the authority over his life. And, and, and the king bore witness with that. Then he went to the people. And you see, so many times we get things out of order in our lives. But when we're trying to do it all by ourselves, can I tell you, when we try to do it all by ourselves uh, to get where we want to go, usually we end up getting lost. We end up on a wrong path. Listen to me. You need people who have walked the path before you. You need somebody who knows where the twists and the turns are coming from. You need somebody who knows what happens at the different marks of your life. You need somebody who's walked in their freedom to tell you what you're going to face to walk in your freedom. You need somebody who's matured in the things of God to warn you. You need wise counsel. And if what you're doing is causing the wise counsel in your life to scream, listen to me, it's probably not God's will. 
Somebody said, Pastor, who's doing what in the church that would make you preach this? Nobody's doing anything in the church that would make me preach this. I'm trying to obey God. And I want you to be prepared so that you can follow wise counsel. You need people who inspire you to be better. Come on now. You need people that when you get around you, they don't just make you feel better. They inspire you to be better. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 22 says this. Plans go wrong for lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. I want to give you a truth. I want you to get this. Self-deception is the easiest deception. I want you to get that. The easiest person that you will ever deceive is yourself. You will fake yourself out. You will tell a lie so many times until you believe the lie and you'll die proclaiming this truth. This is what I put in my notes. When you have to go around to everybody, when you've made a decision and you have to go around and say, isn't that how it is? Isn't that how it is? Isn't that how it is? What you're trying to do is convince yourself. You're trying to self-deceive yourself that this is the right thing. And you're looking for people to, uh, who will pat you on the back about that. But self-deception is the easiest deception. And you need people who will challenge you. You need people who will inspire you. You need people who will look at you and say, is that really God? God's will for your life. You need, listen to me now. You need people that will love you even if you make the wrong choice. They may look at you and say, told you so. But they'll help you up. They'll help you. This is truth I'm giving you. It's truth. Alright. Test number four. Alright. This, this is an interesting one. I call it the crazy test. Some of you say you failed that one a long time ago. Amen. But the crazy test. Here's what I want you to understand. I have found that when God guides it, it is always down a path that I cannot walk without Him. When it's truly a move of God, it's going to be something I cannot bring into reality on my own. I must have God to fix it, to, to work through it. I must have God to accomplish it. That it's literally crazy, come on now, to go that way unless God is with me. Because, listen to me, this is where faith comes in. You cannot walk for God in a place called fact all the time. Sometimes you're going to have to step into a place called faith. Can I get an amen? Because faith is the willingness to look foolish. Noah building a boat looked foolish. Sarah, listen to me, Sarah, this older, older lady, she's elderly, gathering baby clothes. Come on now. Making baby clothes. How many people probably thought, why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your time? Because she had faith. I didn't mean this well when I prepared this message. I didn't, I didn't know this circumstance. But, but how many times, how many times in our lives has God asked us to do something and we don't do it because we're afraid we'll look foolish? 
Sunday night before I preached, God spoke to me and He said, get up there and act like you're dusting yourself off. I mean, you saw that? You know what I said to God? I said, God, if they don't get it, I'm going to look foolish. Come on now. I look like I went to preach dirty. And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? It's not about whether or not you look foolish. It's about whether or not you obey me. And it may seem crazy, but you step up. You follow God. When you know that God's in it, it's always going to be just a little bit outside of your range. And watch what God can do. Test number five. Test number five. I think this one's important. You need to get this one. If it's God's will, test number five, you are, listen to me carefully, released from and called to. It's released from and called to. I have never seen a true plan of God leave. Listen to me carefully. I want you to understand. I have never seen a true plan of God leave the current responsibilities uncovered and undone to move forward to a new assignment. Now what I'm saying is not popular, but it's true. That when God is in it, the person who's supposed to step into that responsibility always manifests. It always is obvious. It's always, it lines up with the other test. When God is moving, He always raises up uh, those to whom you can hand off your current responsibilities. And I hear people say, but pastor, I feel called to the new assignment. I get that. But I have never in all my years of pastoring seen God release somebody from something that He's not already raised up the obvious one to turn that over to. When God's in it, there's going to be an order. Can I get an amen? And I'm going to tell you a story about that. You go, but Pastor Don, I felt like God's calling me to this. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to tell you a story from the life of Peter Marshall. How many of you know who Peter Marshall was? Peter Marshall, have you ever seen the, the movie A Man Called Peter? Anybody? Peter Marshall. Read the book, A Man Called Peter. It's, a, it's worth reading. It's a movie you want to cry a little bit. Watch it. But it's the story of a, a young man who was saved coming out of the coal mines and ended up becoming, uh, he was called the pastor of America in his day. And Peter Marshall... There's a story from his life I think that's very important. You see, Peter Marshall was the chaplain to the U.S. Senate. He was probably the most notable chaplain in the history of our nation. He was considered the pastor of presidents, the pastor of America. In 1936, listen to me carefully, Peter Marshall was asked to accept the pastorate of the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church. They asked him to take the assignment of the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church. To which Peter Marshall responded, listen to me carefully, he declined saying that he hoped to one day be worthy of such a calling as to be the pastor of that great church in his words. 
He gave a list of reasons why he was not yet ready to accept the pastorate of New York Avenue Presbyterian Church. But listen to me carefully. It was not humility that really drove his refusal. The reason that I want to bring this story to your attention was this. Peter Marshall said from the moment the call came, he felt called to the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church. He said, I felt I knew I would be their pastor. I knew it. God told me. He felt it. He knew it. But there was one thing that stood in the way. You ready for this? The one thing that stood in the way. He had already accepted another pastorate at a much smaller church. I thought that was powerful. He had already given his word to another congregation. And he did not have any reason to feel a release from the responsibility he had already assumed. I'm giving you truth here. You see, tonight I've stopped what I normally preach like and I'm trying to pastor you to knowing God's will on your life. And this is important. If you have to break your word to somebody, it is not God's will for your life. If you gave your word in haste, it might mean that you have to go correct that and spend time doing that. But when you make a, a yes, the Bible says, let your yes be what? Yes. And your no be no. If we are going to be people of integrity that can follow the will of God for our lives, it will never violate integrity. And so Peter Marshall declined the call to the church that he felt called to. And he went to a small church that devastated him in many ways. He went to that church and for one year he fulfilled his commitment to be their pastor. He had committed to them for a year and he fulfilled it. At the end of that year, strangely enough, he got another call or another letter during that day. And that letter said, we have searched and searched and interviewed other candidates, but we feel that God has called you to be our pastor at the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church. To which Peter Marshall said, I have fulfilled my commitment. Now I am released to follow the call of God on my life. And he became the pastor of the church that God had intended him and raised him up to pastor. And he became the pastor to the nation of America. Why? Not because of his preaching style, not because of his leadership style, but because God found a man who would honor his word above all else, and God can move and show you his will when you do what's right. When you honor God. What good is it if we fill this room with people who have given their lives to Christ if they don't serve him with integrity? Come on now. We need to walk with integrity. We need to be a people who follow the will of God for our lives. And it's going to be times, if it weren't for the peace of God, I would, I'd be a basket case. And there's going to be times that it drives me crazy because God says, go down that crazy path. But we rent another building instead. We go, you don't think it was crazy in January? 
I felt dumb. Let me just tell you, I felt dumb when I reached out to our board of elders and I said, I feel like God has told me we need to build 12 churches on the mission field instead of raising money for our own church. Do you know I fully expected them to say, what's your problem, pastor? Do you know what our elders said to me? Can I tell you how good our elders are? They said, well, pastor, if that's all you can believe for, just 12, then I guess that's what we'll have to do. Come on now. Why not 52, one a week? Come on now. I said, God didn't tell me that. Amen. But what I'm telling you, it doesn't make sense sometimes. But you plant yourself, and when you feel like you're in God's will, it will always be, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. And never my will and not yours. It will always be, let me honor you, God. Let me please you. No matter what, let me line up with your word. Stand with me tonight. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.